Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 519. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. Pat and I saw Detective Pikachu over the weekend. Did you two ladies? No, I was too busy getting drunk with my friends. Oh. (laughs) Time better spent. Special occasion, Laura? Yeah, it was actually my friend Marin's 30th birthday. She's a listener of the show, too. Oh. Is she a patron? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, you mispronounced her name. When oh, you right. Her on the show one time. That's right. That's the kind of benefits you get at <laughs> right. patreon.com slash millennial. <laughs> what did you think of the movie, Pam? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And the Pokemon are like so cute in their CGI forms. It was, it was great. It was really funny because I went um, to an early bird showing as I tend to do. I kind of really like it because I just bring my coffee into the theater and I, I have my morning coffee and I watch whatever I need to watch. Um, but I think that a lot of adults that grew up with Pokemon had the same idea because it was basically all just people around my age at this showing at like 1040. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. I'm jealous because ours was our screening was like half kids. I was actually mm-hmm. surprised. I didn't realize so many kids were still into Pokemon. And I got to say, I didn't really love Detective Pikachu as much as I was expecting. The marketing was just so good. It hyped me up so much. And then the movie just felt a little weird to me. It was not what I was expecting it would be. But I think, Pat, you liked it. Yeah, I did. It felt like those... I don't know, like the Pokemon movies that we grew up with, it kind of hit every single beat that those always hit. So it made sense to me and I laughed a lot. So it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was. um, Yeah, I got a little confused for a minute because Pat, you mentioned the movies that they had when we were all growing up. And I feel like the first big Pokemon movie that came out in theaters that I can remember at like the height of Pokemon uh, mania also was centered very heavily around Mewtwo. And so I got really confused mm-hmm. right at the beginning. It's like, is this just like a retelling of that movie, but live action? Then I thought, no, that doesn't make sense because that was definitely like not a new character s- story in this world. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, and I did think it was pretty funny that that they keep using like this man-made Pokemon as like a central part of you know, uh, the lore in, in like the big screen movies. Right. But Right. Why does he have to be the focus? You know, I was, I was kind of surprised that they went there again. Yeah. I mean, the Pokemon were cute. I love that opening scene where they're just trying to capture a Cubone. Like I could have watched that for 90 minutes. That was mm. just so cool because it was like seeing Pokemon in the real world. That what that's what was so exciting about Pokemon Go. It was like, wow, we'll be able to actually catch Pokemon 
that opening scene in the movie felt like playing Pokemon Go for the first time to me. Did any of you watch the um, fake leaked movie for yes. Detective Pikachu? I did after you tweeted it. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Like, that is such smart marketing to do. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know, a Twitter egg posted a leak of Detective Pikachu, and it's just Pikachu dancing for, I think it's the real length of the actual movie for like 140 minutes yeah. and then Ryan Reynolds shared it. <laughs> Anyone else see Longshot? Nope. I don't think I even know what that is. Oh. Seth Rogen and oh, Charlize yeah. Theron. Yeah. It was really good. I like that more than Detective Pikachu. It was really freaking funny. Seth Rogen is just hilarious. Yeah, I laughed so much in it and it seems like he was making a little bit like more of a mature movie of his compared to some of his like old ones and it worked so well i thought that they had really good chemistry in it but it it would still be weird to see them in real life together but i kind of i don't know i bought it yeah the 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 premise is that they end up falling for each other even though it's a long shot just the idea seth rogan and charlize theron theron however you pronounce her last name together repulses me so i could not buy it <laughs> but i liked everything besides the romance did you guys watch uh adam sandler's opera man return on snl because he poked fun yes. at that oh it was yes. so incredible so good. god i've never actually never seen opera man before oh on man SNL. you should they're, they're worth watching they're really yeah. funny now i really want to last week we had said we would call this scammer should we do that <laughs> So I don't, I mean, we can if you want to. I can say that I've been diligently searching the web. Um, and I like had Andrew send me a copy of the posting that the scammer put up. Because usually these people who do this, they'll just post the same thing again and again. Mm-hmm. So I just keep checking um, Upwork. Isn't that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep checking there to see if I can find the same post. And my plan is that if I find it to like go through it and apply for it, and see if they start, like, if they send me that check. Because if mm. they do, then I'll take it straight to the police and be like, this motherfucker scam my friend. <laughs> um, Thank you. They probably won't do anything, but it'll make me feel better. Yeah. Well, my, my mom, I was talking to my mom about this, and she had, like, all these questions. I was like, mom, I don't know, but if you want, we can call Andrew, and he can walk you through exactly what happened. But uh, she says that she hopes that you did file a police report, uh, especially because of the way that you transferred the money. She says it's more likely that your bank can fight for you. And mm. hopefully that they are doing that. You'll be able to get something back. I haven't done that yet. Since recording, I learned, I confirmed with Chase that that damn check actually did clear my account. The money was freaking mine. And I mm. think Chase is at fault here too. Yeah. Why was that allowed to happen? So she was saying, I because this has happened to me before. There was a while where I took a job and they said when I signed the contract that they weren't going to be able to pay me for five weeks, which is really stupid, but I really wanted the opportunity. So I did it. And I had to call my bank and tell them what was going on. And they said that as soon as the check came, they would clear it right away, despite not being able to confirm that that account had funds in it. And the reason they do that is because you're in good standing. Like mm. most banks will do that if you have a certain amount of money, if you've been a customer for, for a while, or if you're just like good on all of the business that you do with Chase. So it was like Chase, like knowing that you were good for the money, but it right. really does suck because then like you could potentially get screwed. 
because they you just get punished for, for being you. a good customer. Basically, yeah, exactly. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of like flattering a bit for you, but also really right. sucks because then you have stuff like this where it's like, mm, no, I'm out money because you guys told me I was good. Exactly, and that's what I'm going to bring up to them because I'm going to call them again. I did call them this morning um, about the wire. They are still trying to contact the bank who I wired the money to. They have left multiple messages at that bank, and they're not getting back to them for some reason. And I guess it's a reputable bank, Seacom in New York. I don't know. I've never heard of that. And I used to live in New York. Yeah, well, I know it's not a big bank, but if it's a bank, it's got to be legit, right? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Let's let's just... Just because we said we would, let's just call this... Got there we go. It. Hello. What's his name? Please state your name after the tone oh, and Google Voice fuck. will try to connect you. George. Okay. Do you want me to talk to him? Yeah, but now the name is going to be George. Do you want me to talk to him? <laughs> I think we already blew it. How? Because now Google Voice is being like, you have a call from George. Do you want me to talk to this guy? <laughs> Is not available. Please leave a message after the tone. Go ahead. Fuck. <laughs> hey, ass fuck. Give me back my money. We're looking for you. You lying piece of shit. I couldn't see Detective Pikachu this weekend <laughs> because I'm broke because of you. Yeah, and guess what? He's my boss and he can't pay me because of you. Yeah. We're podcasters, bitch. We're exposing you. <laughs> Suck a dick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That'll get him. Did that, did that at least make you feel better? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Got some rage out. <laughs> uh, we can lady- just keep calling him every week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, ladies, what do you think of Game of Thrones, the penultimate episode? Uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer first, so I'll let other people talk about it. Well, I was really I glad it. that this particular battle was well lit. Right. Right. You could at least <laughs> see what was going on. The cinematography was beautiful. Yeah, the cinematography was really, really beautiful. A lot of what happened was expected, and maybe that's why it fell short for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm. we're going to go into this more in After Dark, because we're going to be talking about TV shows that kind of fall flat (laughs) in their final seasons um kind of based off the reaction that this episode of game of thrones got from most of the fans it seems like or at least the ones who are actively posting online i'm my issue is not that we knew what was coming because we've really known it was going to take this turn for a long time I'm just pissed off that it took until the penultimate episode for it to happen because it feels so rushed. Right. I feel the same. And there's just like, yeah, there's like so much justification and character development that's missing, not to mention character development that's been built up over eight seasons that just got thrown out the window completely. So yeah, I was, I was really, I was so pissed last night. I was with Mark and like every five seconds I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was so mad. Yeah. Like I, I agree that everything that happened felt expected. It just wasn't earned. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. 
And like, I know when it ended, Andrew looked over at me and just started laughing because I was just sitting there like scowling at the TV. Yeah. (laughs) And I was checking in on Twitter and everybody seems to feel this way. They can't believe that that happened. No. And also just like, I, okay, I put this on Twitter. I was like, this episode literally feels like Titanic meets Pompeii. (laughs) Like the whole time I was like, did they want me to laugh at that? Because I don't think they wanted me to laugh at that. Right. Yeah. there's no like i feel like at this point i'm just like going into the finale being like you know what i've been with this shit for a long time now i'm just gonna watch it but i'm expecting nothing right right i think it's gonna be a thing that when i do like rewatch the show i might not even watch season eight just forget it happened yep (laughs) but you like the first couple episodes right yeah Mm. okay after next week's grand finale, we will be recording a new installment of Breaking News available for Facebook official patrons. So we'll give our knee-jerk reactions to whatever that the heck happens in the series finale. Laura, you oh. wanted to... Hmm? What? No, go Sorry. ahead. What were we going to say? I was going to say, I think we know what's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully there's some, some surprises. Jeez. Nah. Oh, okay. I, it's... Subtle as a freight train. That's the tagline for this season of Game of Thrones. I see. <laughs> so anyway, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you wanted to talk about some not normal news? That's yeah. Been so I figured I just I'm going to start putting this shit at the top of the show so that we don't have to dwell on it for an entire episode. But I'm going to call it not normal news. So a couple of things that came out today. Trump thinks that he should get another two years tacked on to his first term <laughs> because his first two years were, quote, stolen. because of because of the Mueller investigation way and i'm six years old (laughs) well he wants six years so i I guess guess. (laughs) but i like first of all i'm like okay by this logic obama should have like 12 terms right just like stacked on top of each other because he was obstructed for the entirety of his presidency but also this is what we keep saying here at this show is that this is like dictatorial like shit this is like dictatorship 101 here mm-hmm. like i would challenge anyone i'd be horrified if you found it but i would challenge you to find like a president of this country who was voted into office after term limits were established who said you know what i think uh yeah i think i should get another couple years in seriousness i do you think he was serious I don't think that he I don't think he lives in reality. Yeah. So I don't think seriousness is like in his repertoire. Yeah. You I know, also this... think that he's going to say he was joking. But then, right. You know, if, if in this like warped reality that, you know, he's living, if it were to be something that his crazy fan base was calling for, then he could just wash his hands and say, well, I, I didn't I just trying to give the people what they want. You know, they're right. the ones that are asking for it, which is even worse. This happens again and again. He he tests the water by saying something crazy, and then he sees how people react. If they like it, he keeps going with it. If they don't like it, it's, oh, I was kidding. I was just kidding. Right. And there are serious concerns about what this president will do if he loses in 2020 and if he'll be willing to accept the outcome of that election. Yeah. 
And this is so not like this a just hits sign. too close to home. Mm-hmm. His advisor should be like locking him in the residence and being like, you know what? You just stay in there for the next two years. Just don't, don't come out. Don't talk to anyone. <laughs> don't tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, Lindsey Graham, who is the uh, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which makes this super ironic. He said that if he were Trump Jr.'s lawyer, he would advise him to just ignore a subpoena from the Senate Intelligence Committee. Well, like you, you chair the Judiciary Committee and you're telling someone to ignore a subpoena. Could you like I feel like if he got any further up Trump's ass, he would know what he had for lunch like three months ago. (laughs) I just and it would be a Big Mac. But like I I'm just so frustrated and we just need to continue like establishing and reestablishing time and time again. This shit's not normal. And I know it's exhausting, but we have to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Y'all have to hear it. And I will do this every fucking week until next November. So you all vote. That's something Lindsay would not say if a Democrat was in office. That is for sure. Yeah. Actually, he said the opposite right. of that when a Democrat was in office. Mm, shocking. Yeah, he really wanted to just like hang Bill Clinton for having a blowjob. Over, this is okay, though. Over on Patreon, we asked our top supporters, what do you want us to talk about this week? Alexander said, with the latest reports saying that nearly 15% of global anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions are being caused by the meat industry, this tied with the WHO reporting that now the majority of pork products are carcinogenic, and beef likely to go the same way, what would it take for you to have a plant-based diet? Pat, would you ever go to a plant-based diet? No. Why not? In all seriousness, like, why not? I really like meat. I, like, love chicken. I would eat chicken every day. I also love hamburger. I... I don't know. I, like, recently, just for my own, like, health, I've been doing more days in the week that are only plant-based or at least more meals where at least half my meals in the week are only plant-based, but that's just for my own health, not for the health of the world, I guess. And I think that's a good way to go about it. I went, it was on this show. I went vegetarian, like, what was it? Like, was it four years ago at this point? Andrew, I don't remember. We we got a challenge from a listener, and so we all took on this vegetarian challenge where we all said we were going to go vegetarian for a week. Um, I really liked it, and I ended up staying on it for a couple of years. Um, with, and at that point, I went pescatarian because I really miss seafood. Um, but I have not eaten like any kind of meat with regularity over the past few years at Christmas time or like special occasions, I might indulge a little bit. But I think that Pat really touched on an important point, which is that I don't think that it's reasonable to expect everyone everywhere to go on an entirely plant-based diet. It's just not, it's not something that's ever going to happen. Like it's a pipe dream, right? But I think if we can get everyone to commit to reducing their meat intake, it would go a long way. Can you imagine if like even like a tenth 
of the U.S. population committed to being on a plant-based diet like three or four days a week. Yeah. That would make such a huge difference. It really would. I have reduced the amount of meat that I eat as well, purely for health reasons. Um, If, for some reason, the whole world stood up and said, hey, you know what? We are going to stop eating meat. Sure, of course, I would be a part of that. But, But yeah, I think it's going to be impossible to get any even small fraction of people to actually switch. Um, We just love our fast food. We love, you know, grilling. Right. And my thing is like so many of my favorite foods have meat on them to begin with. And like, for example, pizza, I'll eat all the meats on pizza, but the only vegetables I like on it are jalapenos and who wants just a jalapeno pizza? And I think cheese pizza is not worth worthy of being called pizza. <laughs> so that's a bold statement. I yeah. think you at least need some sort of topping. And my go-to is always pepperoni and jalapenos. That is the best combination, in my opinion. What is worth noting here is that Burger King introduced the Impossible Burger, which is a veggie burger. It was a big deal that a burger fast food restaurant would introduce such a thing nationwide. Maybe, just maybe, if enough fast food places introduce products like the Impossible Burger, people will slowly switch. But I don't know. It's going to take a long time to get everybody off of real meat. I think it's a good theory going into it as well. But I think also we need a lot of research going into all of these plant-based foods as well, because we know that there there's something in it to keep it all together, which who knows, that might be something that in five years they find out is also carcinogenic. So yeah. if you're saying pork is now, these impossible burgers might have some sort of ingredient or chemical or something in it that also has it. So I think that blaming the meat industry for all of these like global emissions and causing cancer and everything like that is a little hypocritical when all of these new stuff have come out so fast and we don't know what those things are going to have down the line either. And I think also if if this is like a blaming competition, you have to look at the American consumer as well. Yes. Because the meat market wouldn't be booming the way that it is if we weren't demanding it. They're just supplying what we're asking for. And the other thing is, too, living as a vegan or living on like an entirely plant-based diet is not cheap. So this is something that can be really difficult to access for low-income people who are just like living paycheck to paycheck and thinking about how they're going to put food on their table and are maybe not really quite so concerned about like, the efficacy of their food. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's a lot to ask to say that everyone should do this. Right. And you can't expect somebody who is like very low income or having to support a family and is also low income to go out and buy two impossible burgers at a grocery store beyond burgers where two patties are 10 bucks. Like you can I will say... The Beyond Meat Burgers are delicious. They are. I have had them and I really like them. I love them. That's what I'm thinking. If you're able to replicate that taste of real meat, you might actually be able to move the needle. Yeah, but they're expensive. Mm -hmm. Like to get two two of those things is like $10 at the grocery store. It's not cheap. Yeah. 
And I feel like that's kind of where the rub is, right? Because like, on the one hand, you have people who like really can't afford to be able to make this transition to a plant-based diet. Um, because at least here in this country, we make eating healthy very expensive, whereas it's really cheap to eat shitty. Um, so we're like keeping people unhealthy on top of it, which is a whole other discussion. But then you have the fact that it is it has been shown at this point that unless a whole lot of us reduce our meat consumption, climate change will not be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. Like we have to be able to accept multiple realities here and not demonize like people on both sides yeah. of the issue. And in fairness to Alexander, you guys almost sound like you're attacking him. No, <laughs> He's no, not no, trying no, to not at all. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to get that out there. Alexander, I know, also very serious about going green because he also has a Tesla and was giving me some Tesla tips. So thank you, Alexander. No, I mean, I'm definitely not. It's not intended to be a t- an attack at all because really I'm more on Alexander's side of this argument Mm-hmm. on a from a personal place like i have actually been doing a lot of research into what kind of lift it would be for me to be able to go vegan a few days a week mm-hmm. and then like pescatarian the other days of the week just so that i can contribute a little more to reducing yeah <laughs> like my my footprint yeah um but i i'm also kind of a realist in in the regard that like getting everyone to go that way is not gonna happen yeah Sadly. Next submission is from Molly. She says, I'm sure you have seen the news about an 11-year-old in Ohio who was raped by an adult and now cannot get an abortion due to to the heartbeat bill. It's quite disgusting. Would love to hear your thoughts on these restricted abortion laws that continue to pop up around the country. It's crazy there's no exception in a case this extreme. Love the show and all you do. Laura, I know a new bill went into effect in Georgia, right? Yeah, we have another one of these heartbeat bills um, that was actually signed not very long ago that basically makes having an abortion past six weeks illegal. Awful. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, just to put that in perspective, most women don't even know they're pregnant that early because six weeks just means that you're two weeks late for your period. Mm. And that's happened to all of us at some point, whether it's stress or whether you're sick, that can totally throw your cycle off. Yeah. So it's not actually that, not that impossible to be six weeks pregnant and not realize it. Um, And that's scary. Like, it's scary for me living here, thinking that, you know, should I ever need this kind of reproductive care that... I would have to travel over state lines to do it. And there are some yahoos in our state Senate who also want to try and make that illegal, like oh <laughs> make it so God. that so that if you are found to have crossed state lines to obtain an abortion, you can still be prosecuted for it. Jesus. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but they did this, so I also Why wonder not? if this Georgia law will stick. I have seen multiple Hollywood studios uh, voicing their disappointment in this. And uh, the thing is that Hollywood actually films a lot of movies mm-hmm. in the Atlanta area these days. So if they all threaten to pull out of Georgia, if they all actually pull out of Georgia, this might 
be changed because then the state is losing out on a lot of money from these studios. Yeah, um, that would be up to Hollywood to put their money where their mouth is, which they've mm-hmm. done before. Like, mm-hmm. not saying they haven't, but it would be interesting to see if they did it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say something that does scare me about this is a lot of proponents of these kinds of bills are really hoping that they'll get challenged so that they go to the Supreme Court because the ultimate goal is to challenge Roe v. Wade. Yeah. When Laura and Mark visited this past October, we drove by a Planned Parenthood and Laura said, wow, I can't believe a P- Planned Parenthood is just out in the open like this. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's sad. Yeah, because I mean, our Planned Parenthoods here, for the most part, tend to make themselves look very nondescript. Like everyone knows where they are. But at the same time, they don't have big signs advertising themselves because we do get a lot of protesters. Mm. Um, And I mean, they only perform abortions like two days a week, but the protesters will be there anytime, no matter what. Like, (laughs) I remember definitely like going there once to have like my yearly exam and there were protesters outside like hassling every single person who went in. And I was like, I'm not even going for an abortion. (laughs) Mm. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, um, not that it matters and not that it's any of your business. Right. Um, but yeah, I the other day I told Mark, I was like, you might want to get a vasectomy, babe. That way we can just be like double safe. Yeah. No pregnancy. Why the hell not? You don't want to have kids. We know this. So mm-hmm. yeah, snip them. Snip them off. <laughs> Send them up my way. I'll do it for him. Oh, I don't. Andrew, this feels like a ploy. <laughs> ploy this yeah. feels like a ploy for you to see my boyfriend's dick that's all i've ever wanted to see my stick <laughs> me and pat we talk about it at night i mean if you really wanted to he'd probably show you that's that's okay thank you though mark <laughs> thank you for offering laura <laughs> one more submission today this is from sonia she said i heard about this website on a true crime podcast it's takeout.google.com seems this is where google tracks all your moves have you heard of this and has anyone tried to block their deets on this site I'm going to guess. Go ahead. I said I was going to look at this. I looked at it a little bit earlier and it's really creepy. Yeah, but it's also good. So Google is open about all the data that they have on you, all the locations, all the search history, everything. And while that is creepy, they do let you delete it. And I don't know if this is rolled out yet, but they recently announced that you will be able to set time limits on how long they hold on to this data. So your data could be automatically deleted after three months, six months, or a year once they have that data. So I'm actually going to turn that on. I don't need Google holding on to my search history and all that after X number of months. Um, they'll still benefit from the more recent data, but it's nice to know that they don't have you know 25 years of history on right. you. What's the creepiest thing you've Googled recently? Oh, creepiest thing I've Googled recently. Or just like weirdest thing. How to uh, snip balls five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, I don't I don't search for anything creepy, honestly. I think the last one I did, because I was looking up that Zac Efron movie, so I looked up how many people we know Ted Bundy killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I have a tab on my phone for Zac Efron as well. (laughs) (laughs) A tab. Dedicated tab. It's just one that I've... I'm one of these people that I open like a thousand tabs on my phone, never close them. Oh, I do too. It's so bad. Those are the 
AP Choice submissions this week. Thanks to everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash millennial. Before I move on to a quick game, we wanted to hear a word from one of our sponsors, BioClarity. This is the skincare routine we've been raving about on Millennial for over a year now because it offers easy-to-use regimens with good-for-you ingredients that deliver great skin. I personally use the essentials routine for normal or dry skin because I have an oily T-zone and a dry everywhere else, and this really helps keep my face moisturized and happy. It's a three-step regimen packed full of detoxifying and calming nutrients, antioxidants, and a super special ingredient called Floralux. Floralux is derived from plants, and you can only find it in BioClarity. Andrew, you've been using BioClarity along with me for the last year or so. Can you tell us what you think? Yeah, they're just, like I said to you before the show, they're just old trusty. Whenever I, you know, sometimes I'll stop using them for a little bit because of traveling or whatnot, and then I'll start using them again. And it just works surprisingly quick, too, for me. I, I guess my face just knows that when I'm putting on BioClarity, <laughs> you better just give up now because BioClarity is going to win. Right. Also, I have to say, with our latest shipment, the, the first step, the cleanse, I think the bottles got larger, which I really appreciated. Yep. I guess they were listening to feedback there. Um, so that's always a sign of a good company. So you can uh, throw more of that cleanse step on your face. And I love step one because it just feels like it's working because it's like a, I would describe it as like a watery foam. It's not a heavy foam. It's just a nice little scrub, but even just letting it sit on my face, I just, I feel it working. And that always helps me feel like I'm spending my time wisely. Yeah. I always love the restore step with like the green. Mm hmm like paste or it's not really paste it's like kind of um like a cream that you put on your face and my face like i have a lot of redness in it so it kind of like really quickly um gets rid of all that and just makes my skin look like really smooth and hydrated and you can feel really good about what you're putting on your face because their products are 100 percent vegan cruelty free paraben free sulfate free and artificial fragrance free and on top of that bioclarity offers a 100 percent risk-free money-back guarantee Get healthier, more radiant skin by going to BioClarity.com. Right now, for our listeners, you'll save 40% on skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal, but you need to enter our code MIL at checkout. So go to BioClarity.com and get 40% off skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website when you use our code MIL at checkout. I'm going to use that because I see they now have this ultra calming routine with a Zen bottle. Ooh, and it's got Floralux in it, amongst other things. Yeah, I'm I'm seriously intrigued by that. That looks great. Yeah, I'm uh. in love with that Floralux. All right, it's time now for... Surprise! Surprise, Surprise bitch! We're going to call Danielle. Hello? Danielle, surprise, bitch! It's Millennial! What's Hi. up? <laughs> How you doing? What are you up to tonight? So I am actually highlighting my hair right now, and I thought that would be a great idea at this very moment, waiting for this phone call. <laughs> Ooh, what color are you highlighting it? I went to the salon, long story short, got a horrible, like, orange color, but it was already all oh. bleached. So I thought, you know what? Doing it myself from now on. So I'm just, like, extra bleaching it. Hmm. Yeah, definitely be sure to run a toner over it after you're done. Yes. So this is like my third time doing it. And so 
through trial and error, I have um, perfected it, kind of. <laughs> cool. Nice. New side hustle for you. You can do it for other people as well. Well, if yeah, it doesn't turn yeah. out well, <laughs> if it doesn't turn out well, your hair is already bleached, so you can always turn it like blue or green or another fun fashion color. Definitely, and like I'm, I'm old. I'm like 30 now, so I'm like I don't really care so That's, much. You know what I mean? <laughs> isn't that the best part of being 30? That's not old yeah, at all. Yeah, that is like very young. Okay, Andrew, just yeah. because you're staring down the barrel of 30. <laughs> It's all downhill from here, okay? Just be ready for it. (laughs) No, the great thing is you just won't care. (laughs) Mm. I I feel that way, but people have recently been saying the number out loud, and I'm like, oh, I like shudder. It like hits me when I hear the number. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I try to joke about it, but also in deep in my heart, I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Pat's been thinking about bleaching his hair, and I'm thinking... I've done it before, and I really, really liked it. I called myself Platinum Pat, but it was great. <laughs> I think that would look good on you with your skin tone. Because I'm a ghost? <laughs> no, because so you don't have... Did it have like a silvery hue to it? No, it didn't. It So I, I did the whole thing once, but then it just got to be so much upkeep because I have shorter hair. So then I just left the sides my natural color, which is like an auburny brown um and left the top the platinum and i would just redo the top of my head so danielle we're gonna play a game now and i want you to get involved i don't know if you all have seen but there's been a this game has been trending on twitter over the past week so what happens is you share a list of six artists and everyone has to guess which one you didn't see live so this is a list of six artists you've seen live um and then danielle you can you can guess along here we would love a list from you. However, we are surprising you, and we also don't know you, so we would not be able to guess well at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll go first. See, here are the six artists I've allegedly allegedly seen live. Uh, Bruce, obviously. You two, Spice Girls, Lana Del Rey, Backstreet Boys, Justin Bieber. Which of those six have I not seen live? Ooh. I feel like you did see Lana... I feel like he did, too. I'm going to say Backstreet Boys. That's what I was going to say, too, is Backstreet Boys. All right. I'm going to go with you guys. Safety and numbers. Yeah, I'm saying, ba- I'm saying Backstreet Boys for sure. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> screw all you because you're all right. <laughs> I've seen them, though. I thought you all would guess Justin Bieber. Why would you assume I've seen Justin Bieber? Because you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Justin Bieber with our old friend Kevin, Laura, and this was back in like 2009 when Justin Bieber was 12 years old. That makes Mm. so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Pat, why don't you go next? Okay. So people I have seen live are Fall Out Boy, Carrie Underwood, Neon Trees, Aaron Carter, Wiz Khalifa, and Styx. I'm going to say Styx. Yeah, I know you've seen Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain about Carrie Underwood and Neon Trees. I'm going to say you haven't seen Neon Trees because I feel like I, I I would assume that's something that's somebody you would have seen. Okay. I'm going to say Wiz Khalifa. 
I'm going to go with Aaron Carter, but let me say this is a very odd list <laughs> across the board. <laughs> I was neon trees I have not seen. Yes, oh, I win. <laughs> I feel like Styx is one of those bands where people are like, fun fact, Styx was my first concert. My <laughs> I saw them at my county fair. So, <laughs> And Wiz Khalifa toured with Fall Out Boy, which is how I saw him. I thought oh. so, because they had a single together, right? Yeah, and then Aaron Carter that. played like three years in a row at the Chicago Market Days, which is like local pride for Chicago in August. So I've seen him three times, actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, for bands I've seen, uh, Green Day, of course, The Pretenders, Gorillas, Blue October, My Chemical Romance, and The English Beat. I'll say The English Beats, even though that one's last. I'm going to say Blue October. Uh, I was going to say Blue October as well. Danielle? My Chemical Romance? Ooh, Danielle's the only one who got it right. (laughs) That was a trick one because Laura's emo is fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know. And I really wanted to see them in high school. It just never happened for me. I had to choose between them and Green Day. So I chose Green Day. Understandable. I would have too. Yeah. But I still love them. Every now and then I put them on in the car and I'm like, yeah, man, like back to my emo high school days. Still (laughs) holds up. Some deep shit. Mm -hmm. Now, Pam, I just want to warn you, you only have five here. Oh, no, I forgot to write one in, but it's supposed to be right after Destiny's Child. Don't worry. Oh, okay. I remember. (laughs) Okay, so mine are Taylor Swift, Childish Gambino, Destiny's Child, NSYNC, Stevie Wonder, and Yellow Card. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to say Childish Gambino. I was thinking that too, but. I, I feel like that would have been Stevie recent. Wonder. Yeah, but Pam is so like entrenched in the music world that I feel like Stevie Wonder may be somebody that she's seen. She's you know, because I feel like. What? She's also an old soul. She sees movies at 9 a.m. And I feel like <laughs> that's the type of person who would see Stevie Wonder. I just because, I would see but because Stevie of Wonder. all those things, that's why I think it is because you'd think she would have, but hasn't yet. Um, I'm going to say Childish Gambino too, but I don't know. Jury's still out. Oh, uh, De- Destiny's Child. Okay. Um, I have not seen Taylor Swift. What? Oh my god. I, I would have thought you would have seen her. I you know, I just it's never the right time. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I had, but I haven't. She's evaded me. Oh. I saw Destiny's Child open for Christina Aguilera. Ooh. That's cool. Oh my god, I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> Ten year old Laura is like so jealous. <laughs> So it looks like Pam, Laura, and Danielle all tied with two. So good job, ladies. Thank two you. correct guesses. Got to stick really together. Play this game on Twitter because I almost played when I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> I should have checked to see if everyone did. I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Danielle, it was nice speaking with you. Where do you live, by the way? Thanks. So I live in Southern Maryland, about an hour south of DC. Okay. Oh, dang. Do you like it there? Yeah, so um, I do. It's um, it's funny because this is like the conservative part of Maryland. It's you know it's like the one part of Maryland that's super conservative. So I'm like the minority liberal, like even in my family. So 
I enjoy your podcast to keep me sane. <laughs> oh, we're so happy to hear that. Is it a uh, St. Yeah. Mary's County perchance? How did you know? Because I've spent, I used to live in Maryland, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So born and raised here, they call us Smibs, Southern Maryland inbreds. Um, yeah. So I love it here, but it's very hard to be a, you know, a more uh, democratic person for sure. Mm. Yeah, I used to live in Carroll County, and they have kind of some of that going on. But because there are a couple of colleges kind of like clustered together in there, it makes it a little more balanced. But I feel you. It's tough. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So my pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with your hair for the rest of the night. Send us pics when it's yeah. Nice. yeah let us know how uh, it goes. Yeah. So like, so half is you know highlighter right now. The other half is not. He's going to be awesome. <laughs> Well, well, I've got a thing of like dark blue overtone. So if you need it, you just let me know. I'll send it to you. Just ship it my way, man. Yeah, yeah you know where I live. So perfect. <laughs> Laura's looks real good. So I would take her up on that offer. Word. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, Danielle. Thanks again. All right. Take care, guys. All Bye. Right, bye. Bye. She was sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. On to a couple news items now. Pam? Yes, uh, we're going to switch back to Game of Thrones for just a minute here. Game of Thrones-themed names for newborns are still on the rise, according to new data released by the Social Security Administration. So they revealed on Friday that over 4,500 children born in 2018 have been given Game of Thrones-inspired names by their parents. Uh, this total is actually up from last year, where over 3,800 babies were named after memorable Game of Thrones characters. So I expect that it's going to go up for at least another year or so after we get through the hype of the last season. Uh, Game of Thrones inspired names were most popular amongst parents of baby girls where Arya reigns supreme, although it is uh, important to note that Arya is also a very popular, has been a very popular name internationally, internationally even before um, the HBO series kind of exploded. So keep that in mind. And uh, the top four baby girl names, there's like a bunch on the list. If you Google it, you can see the breakdown of everything. But we're just going to talk about the most popular ones for the sake of keeping this short. So Arya came in at number one with 2,545 babies getting that name. Next was Khaleesi. 560 babies were named that. Yara came in at 434. And Leanna was also very popular with 319 babies being named Leanna last year. And then for boys, the tallies are significantly lower, but the top three were Renly with 102 babies, Tyrion with 58, and Jorah with 30. Uh, so there's a bunch of other notable characters that also... Um, were inspiration for baby names. Brienne's on this list, Sansa, Ramsey, Theon, Sandor, Cal, Daenerys, and Aegon. And uh, we also pulled the audience over on Instagram, right? We did. Uh, we asked, would you name your baby after a Game of Thrones character? And 22 voted yes. 90 voted no. We got names like Sansa, Arya, Duncan, Davos, Eddard, Podrick. Loras, a lot of different names. But um, so one thing I saw a lot of people talking about on social media Monday morning, the night after the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones was, wow, it's really awkward that so many people have, have named their baby Khaleesi 
after what happened in that episode lol but it's also really awkward that people did that anyway because as has been established that setup shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone (laughs) like if you were really following the show Maybe because people are like, oh, cool, mother of dragons. Yeah, my daughter yeah, could be right. the mother of dragons. Well, and Khaleesi just, it sounds so like exotic and mysterious. So I could see people being into that. But, you know, have fun with your daughters <laughs> all changing their names when they turn 18. Last year when I was in D.C., my brother and I were at the Natural History Museum. And there were a lot of uh, schools there on field trips. And we were at an exhibit. And all of a sudden, I heard... A, a lady who could have been a parent or maybe just like a chaperone saying, Daenerys, get down from there. Oh, my Turned around and I God. was like, oh, my God, these, these children, they actually exist because I, I've never heard like, uh, I don't know anybody personally that's taken inspiration from pop culture for baby names, but no, I, it was interesting to see one out in the wild. So the one that I really have a problem with here is Ramsey. Why the fuck? Would you name your child after that character? He cuts a dude's dick off. <laughs> right. He's a sadistic motherfucker, rapist, murderer, genocidal maniac. What's In more a similar masculine? vein, Theon was only redeemed the last two and a half seasons. Right. So. I know. He burned children alive. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Guys, come on. Like, I'm okay with you taking inspiration from Game of Thrones. That's cool. But, like, think about the character (laughs) that you're naming your child after. I wonder if anybody did use the classic Game of Thrones joke name of Dickon. (laughs) If I had a child and I wanted to name them after a character in a fictional series, I think I would want to wait to see what happens in that series before naming my child after them. Because something like the Khaleesi situation could come up. I mean, like Laura said, there were hints there. The arc was in the works, but it just seems like a safer idea. And also, like, if you feel that connected to the character, I don't know if you should be naming your child after them. But also, like, what if your kid doesn't like that like don't you want to let your child be their own person well you know all the khaleesi's are secretly going by cali at school (laughs) yeah Uh, and they're all probably cheerleaders and super popular (laughs) i'm just kidding and they all have a dragon (laughs) well i i i hope that the parents are letting these children still be themselves they're not like you have to be as cool as khaleesi or (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just thinking about, like, this child that applies to go to college and, like, they're walking (laughs) through the halls on the first week of classes or something and someone's like, oh, there's Daenerys, first of her name, breaker of chains, mother of dragons. And, like, like, she doesn't want to hear that shit. (laughs) I bet they have last names, too, just like Khaleesi Jones. Like, imagine that at graduation. (laughs) So basic. (laughs) Pat wants to have a kid, and Pat, you want to name our first child what? Well, if it's a boy, I've always loved the name Preston, which is kind of stuffy, I know, and kind of douchey, but I still like stuffy it. Stuffy and douchey. Wow, you're really selling it. Well, I just, I picture someone named Preston to be like, ooh, I went to Harvard. So that's what you want for your kid? No, I just like the name. Oh. <laughs> no, if you name your kid Preston, he has to go to Princeton so that he can be like, Ooh. hi, I'm Preston and I go to Princeton. 
He has to talk like a valley girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was interesting information, Pam. Um, can't say I would do this, but more power to all these people who do. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear about more interesting decision making, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released a study last year that examined interpretations of the threat of climate change across 26 countries. Um, 13 countries out of these 26 name climate change as the top international threat. So that's Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Sweden, Germany, the UK, Spain, Hungary, Greece, Kenya, South Korea, and Australia. The U.S., on the other hand, ranks cyber attacks from other countries as number one and ISIS as number two. What's interesting to me is that the the selection for Russia's power and influence comes lower on that list for the U.S. Like we rank cyber attacks as the number one. But then we're like, eh, Russia's power and influence. We're not really that concerned about that. <laughs> and I'm like, but they're okay. Same thing. But anyway, um, what I found really interesting about the Russian threat is that Poland is the only country that lists Russia's power and influence as their number one concern, which really interested me given the conversation we had with Amalia last week about European politics and all of the changes and like the right wing swing that Poland is taking. And I wonder if some of that is sort of like given to their proximity to Russia. That's what I was thinking. They're scared because yeah. they're so close. <laughs> right. And speaking of that, Mexico uh, rates the U.S.'s power and influence as the second threat to them internationally. Yeah, because Donald Trump like, is laying right. down all these laws left and right. And I can't blame them. No. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I would feel the same way. South Korea also listed us as number five in terms of like international threats. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be interesting for us to rank uh, the items that were given to people when doing the survey in terms of what we think are the top international threats. So I have them listed here in the doc, but for those of you listening at home, I'll read them off. Um, so the options are China's power and influence, condition of the global economy, cyber attacks from other countries, global climate change, ISIS, North Korea's nuclear program, Russia's power and influence, and U.S. power and influence. You said those so nicely and steadily. Oh, I felt like I was you. just in a class right now. Well, you know, old habits. I think the number one threat is cyber attacks. And we're not just talking about somebody hacking into your computer. We're talking about other countries like Russia, like China, being within our power grids and being able to shut them down. They apparently already have access. They can do it if they want to. And that is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Not just the power grids, everything else, every other infrastructure system in this country, they could fuck up if they wanted to. So that yeah. really scares me. I mean, that could, that could bring us into absolute chaos in this country and there would be ripple effects all around the world. And all it would take was one wrong move from Trump or any other president. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I have that's to scary. agree with that too. What would be your number two, Andrew? Wow. You're giving me so much power right now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely our own power and influence. No, I would say Russia's power and influence would be up there because again, they do have the ability to get into our systems. They already did during the 2016 election and in many other instances. 
something like North Korea's nuclear program, yeah, it's scary, but they just keep flexing and they're not actually doing anything. ISIS, yeah, that's an issue, but we've been able to get that under control a little bit. So like top three, I would say cyber attacks from other countries, Russia's power and influence, and then let's say global climate change, number three. See, I think Makes I would sense. put climate change at two. Yeah. Yeah, just, I think, just because I, I love all the alternative energies, and I've been looking at climate change stuff since I was in high school. And I think that what a lot of these scientists and stuff are starting to find is that with all the melting ice caps and stuff like that, we don't know some of the stuff that is frozen in there. And there's a very good chance that there is some sort of bacteria or something that is frozen that once it thaws can be released. And who knows how fast that could spread in the world, if it could be dangerous, if not. So I think something like that, if that were to actually happen, like scientists think it might in the next maybe 100 years or less, that could be devastating for the entire world. For me, I think I would actually rate um, condition of the global economy a little bit higher. Like, I'm not sure if it's my number one, but I think it's in my top three. And I think that the thing that's interesting to me about this list is that you can uh, group a lot of these things together and kind Mm -hmm. of make little subgroups because a lot of them do trickle down into each other. Like, I really feel like... Um, condition, condition of the global economy also really affects the idea of global chi- climate change just because everybody is trying to get ahead. And a lot of the problems that we do have are kind of influenced by where the money is and where the money's moving. So you could also talk about China's power and influence in terms of condition of the global economy. So I feel like it's just like a blanket um, term that can kind of, or like a blanket idea uh, that really has a lot of sub issues in there that that mm-hmm. could potentially cause a threat. That's just like my opinion, though. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, no, that actually does make sense because I was thinking about this too. And if I'm going just based off this list, my number one is global climate change because my feeling is that all of this other shit is terrible. But if we don't start backpedaling on climate change, none of the rest of this matters. Because the planet's going to go to shit and it won't be habitable. It's kind of like, you know, the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. Like, (laughs) if we all spend too much time fighting about the throne and we don't address the threat of the White Walkers, then we're all going to die anyway and it doesn't matter. That said, I do agree with Pam's point about the fact that there is really trickle down um, from, like, the global economy and its health that sort of, like, informs how like our decision making is and what sorts of changes we can make. And also I think that goes to Amalia's point from last week about how like, yeah, the U S pulling out of the Paris accords kind of fucked it up for everyone else. Yeah. I have a, would you rather question for the panel? Would you rather be killed by earth itself or other humans? I'm talking about like going to war. Yeah, yeah I'm a, like, too. you know what? I think the planet, it's a living organism, and I think it's probably trying to wipe us out. I think that. Yeah, it's trying to reset itself. Yeah, and you know what? If it's like, yeah, the human experiment has failed, <laughs> let's just start over. I'd be like, well, there's nothing we can do about it at this point. So right. I'll let, plant, I'll let Mother is, Nature eat me. 
<laughs> and what science has said too is that it's about time for another ice age to happen and it would probably be the longest one that has ever happened but because of where the atmosphere is now another ice age can't happen so the earth really is just gonna die oh my god oh. but this is how we get out of our student loan debt oh true <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna have to hold out long enough, yeah. huh, for the debt to exactly. die. Exactly, <laughs> fatalism from millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I'd rather have Earth kill us. That that's the better way to go. By the way, I want to say that China's power and influence is a close fourth. Yeah. Potentially could come up to number one, depending on how this trade war goes. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I saw some headlines well, today. <laughs> I saw China is going to be raising their tariffs within the next couple of days. Uh, it would be raising tariffs. They would be raising tariffs on a wide range of American goods to 20% or 25% from 10% as retaliation for President Trump's increase. So we might very soon be pr- see prices of things starting to go up. I mean, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because one of Trump's policy advisors split with him on this issue and publicly stated, yeah. Uh, the American people are going to feel some economic pain from this. Yeah, they admitted it. Mm-hmm. Both sides are going to be feeling this, both countries. It's just like, this is one of those things that's not surprising, especially given how Trump decided he wanted to handle China, and especially going going even back to his whole stance on how China is a currency manipulator. It's like, yes, but like everybody knows that everybody that's in international relations and studies global political economy, like they know, but you don't like say it. You don't address the elephant in the room. You finesse your way into right. figuring out how to fix the problem without actually calling attention to it, because China is only ever after China's best interest. And you can even argue that for like most countries, but like specifically China, that's his whole point with the currency manipulator stance. But but it just like screws everybody over when you can't deal with it in a smart way. Well, and it used to be the way that we dealt with it was by competing with China globally. But now that the U.S. is going the isolationism route and getting off the globalization train, it leaves a vacuum for China to fill, and they're more than happy to fill it. Right. It's like they've been waiting in the wings. Well, I'd be really interested in hearing from our international listeners, because I have a feeling that the ranking of these issues really does depend on your geography. Like, I would imagine somebody who has closer proximity to the Middle East might be more concerned about ISIS, or somebody who lives in, like, um, a very low altitude area could be very concerned about climate change. Um, so write in, let us know how you feel about this, and let us know what your top three ranked concerns are. Maybe after a discussion like this, you want to feel all fresh and clean. (laughs) Well, are you in luck? We have a new sponsor this week who we all got to recently try, Myro. Myro is making deodorant better. They're not your drugstore-bought deodorant with the meh sense that you're used to. They make natural deodorant with a custom blend of essential oils that release over time to keep you fresh and barley powder to keep you dry. Their formula is hardworking, long-lasting, with no toxic anything. That's the big deal here. 0% aluminum, 0% parabens. Their ingredients are clinically tested for safety and efficiency. 
And here's how it works. This is one of those clever internet companies. You choose your scent and the color of your case. You get to pick your deodorant case. And you get a refresh every three months automatically delivered straight to your door, conveniently timed for when most people run out. You can switch scents. You can press pause or stop literally anytime you want. So if you don't like it, but I think you will, but if you don't, you can stop it. No problem. It's in a refillable case, which are good for you and the planet that we live on. Doing good and feeling good should be an everyday thing, just like deodorant. I have really enjoyed this deodorant so far. I was, I've actually never had one of these deodorants that were 0% aluminum, 0% parabens. I was surprised just how comfortable it was to put on because usually when I use dry deodorant, I freaking hate it. It's itchy, it's sticky, but this stuff is smooth. It is good. Ladies, what did you think? Yeah, I thought the same thing. It goes on, like the application's really smooth and it also smells really good. I don't know what scents y'all got, but I got one that was like kind of like minty smelling, yeah. like basil maybe. It smelled really, really good. Um, and I'm also a big fan of the refillable container because as we've been talking about climate change a lot today, our reliance on plastics is another thing that's going to destroy the planet. So the fact that there are companies like this making products that are reusable really does make such a difference. And it's this super cute cylinder mm -hmm. case. Sorry, Pam. Oh, I was just going to say really quick, I liked that it didn't rub off on my clothes because deodorant stains are the bane of my existence. Oh, wait. I'm so glad you brought that up. I thought it was just me. Like, I was like, wait, no. am I just putting on my shirts carefully? Why isn't this coming off? <laughs> I was actually worried because it is like, it's a solid. It's not even an invisible solid. So you can't actually see it going on, which is good because you won't miss a spot. Yeah. But I was worried about, you know, it drying on my clothes. And those are really hard to get out after a while. But oh, it's the no worst. Problems. And then you got to change your shirt immediately after you notice because it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is good stuff. We want everybody to try it. Get 50% off your first order and get started today for just $5. Visit mymyro.com slash M-I-L-L. That's M-Y-M-Y-R-O dot com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L. Again, get 50% off your first order and get started today for just $5. Visit mymyro.com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L. As in, you're going to smell like a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer Boy, it's time for you to shine again. You taught us about GMOs last time you were on. This time you want to talk about organics. Yes, I do. And again, before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that all my statistics I'll be spouting at you today are from the USDA and scientific peer-reviewed articles. Just got to make that blatant statement. <laughs> so when I mention organics, for the three of you, what is like the first word that you think of? Healthy. Pricey. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's true. Debbie Downer. <laughs> I would say uncertain because I'm uncertain that they're actually better than non-organics. <laughs> Great. Those are all the things that I think of too. <laughs> um, so... My biggest thing that I hear friends talk about and everything is that they always think it's just healthier for you because they believe that there are no like pesticides or herbicides or anything like that used on these these plants that are considered organic. But contrary to that belief, 
organic products do still use pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and for the in the US the organic standards have over 45 approved synthetic chemicals that are able to use on plants so even though you are buying an organic plant it still will have some sort of man-made product on it to try to deter other plants from growing around it or deter bugs from getting on them or anything like that um and many times because of this organic farms need to use almost two and a half times more pesticides and herb er herbicides per acre during the growing season than a conventional farm will uh, the reason for this is as many of those sprays are exactly the same down to a single ingredient, and that single ingredient prevents the UV light from burning off the product. So because it's missing that, the organic farmers have to reapply more often to their plants. And a lot of times they will wait until just before harvest to ensure that the product won't go to waste. So because of that, you pulling an, an organic plant off of the shelf at the grocery store, most likely it's still going to have 70% residue on it, even after it's been washed in the factory. So you get home and you still have to wash it again. And would even your wash take it all off? It really depends how long you do it and how diligent you are. Like most times when I'm cooking, I'm just going to rinse a vegetable. I'm not going to sit there and like scrub it with a brush or anything. Right, right, right. Same. Um, so going along with that, in the average year, 10% of organic farms have salmonella and e. e. coli outbreaks because of fecal contamination from using like animal manure or something like that, because the pesticide that they're going to use on the plant is missing an anti an antimicrobial agent to protect the product. And this is also a reason why if you're going to a butcher or something and you want to get a grass-fed beef or something like that, there are also higher instances of those plants that the animal is being butchered in of having salmonella and E. coli outbreaks because they're eating the grass where the animals are also spending the rest of their day. So a lot of times that grass has the animal's fecal matter in it. So uh, the grass is literally ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a, a lot of people do also think that organic farming is better for the environment, which definitely in a small scale center, it, it is. So if you're just on your own farm, you have your own little garden in your backyard, something like that, that is going to be better for the environment. But when you think about the groceries you get at the grocery store, that's coming from a factory farm of lettuce or tomatoes or onions, anything like that. So then you're using more vehicle, like gasoline or diesel, anything like that, that is going to pollute the air because you're going to have to be spraying more often. And when you're spraying more often in liber liberally, a lot of that will have any runoff or anything from rain is going to go back into the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's something that a lot of people also need to realize buying organic is that a lot of times the pro the produce that comes from it is also about 80% the size of the produce that you were buying if you were buying conventional produce, I mean. 
Do you know, are there any farms that are sort of like buy, I guess is the best term I can think of. Like they produce like organics and non-organics. That is really hard because a lot of times like these, like farmers will be denied an organic status, even if their land butts up to another field. And if they can't guarantee that the field next to it is an organic, then a farmer will be denied his application as well. Wow. So most likely, if you were to do something like that, they would have to be two separate farms in two separate areas. Because mm-hmm. if you also think about like the wind, if you're spraying, can mm-hmm. carry something like 20 feet, 50 feet. It just depends on the day. So like if your neighbor is is non-organic, but you want it to be organic, you're kind of screwed anyway. A little bit. <laughs> and plus, like, you can't control the bees that are flying around, like anything like that, which leads me to my next point of some statistics based on the USDA and their standards, that if you're buying a multi-ingredient product, like, let's say you're buying organic bread or something like that, really only 70% of the products in it need to be organic. And then if you're going to a single ingredient product, it only needs to come out to being like 95% organic. So if I were to give the example of milk or cheese or something or butter, you can have organic butter, but something that they put in it could potentially be non-organic as long as 95% of it is. And I guess the part of your argument here is that most people probably see the organic label and assume, oh, it's 100% organic. Right. But the truth is different. So do um maybe I'm getting ahead of your discussion, but is the disconnect here that people um kind of like is it basically that organic and sustainable are being used interchangeably, but that's not really the case of what those two words are supposed to mean? I think so. Yeah, because you have a lot of these these companies that want to like make more money off of being organic kind of like we how we talked about last month with the GMOs where you're going to label something GMO free or organic to get into that marketing scheme and make more money which i don't think a lot of people realize it's that sort of kind of like ladder that these companies are doing most consumers are just like, oh, organic, I've heard on the news it's supposed to be better for me. I'm going to buy it. Are there studies that show that organic food is actually better for you? The ones that I came across with, and I found the one stat here that says in over 3,000 comparisons of animal products, so like in organic meat or something like that, they've said that it's actually less healthy than non-organic because they have higher rates of trans fats than conventional. Oh, um, yeah. Trans so fats it comes, have become a big no-no. Right. And saturated fats are really the bad ones. Obviously, you want to watch your trans fats, but they're not as bad as saturated. When it comes to vegetables or fruits or anything, it really is the exact same level of nutrition across the board, unless there is that trans fat that can convert over to vegetables and fruits as well. Um, Are they more expensive because they just put that label on it? 
I think so. I, I think they know that people will pay more money for it because they think they're being healthier. Yeah, this is exactly why I've never bought into the organic food movement. Like when it first started, was this like maybe a decade ago when it started picking up a lot of steam? Um, I was just like, I don't taste a difference and this apple's cheaper. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to go with the cheap one because I'm in college and I'm poor. Um, and I get like that mentality never changed for me. Do you have the same, I guess, across the board for all, all three of you, have you noticed the trend of other products that aren't even food related being labeled organic? Like, ooh, I can get an organic cotton t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I have mm, seen that. Yeah. What is like, that about? Would you care if something on your body or like your a cleaning wipe or something like that had the non-organic label on it or, or vice versa, organic label? No, it makes zero difference no. to me. It, <laughs> I think I would, and this is like a completely different topic of discussion, but I, I think that I would be more impressed if more things were f actually fair trade. You yeah, know? So, yeah. Because that that's like actually helping the people that are making that thing or harvesting that thing. Like if I see a coffee shop, like especially a local coffee shop that says that they're like USDA organic certified beans. Okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, but what really kind of drives it home for me is if they say that they use only fair trade beans, because then I know that, you know, all those people that are working really hard in developing countries are being treated properly. Yeah, local is also a big thing for me too. Like right. I can't, I can't say that I do this all the time, but I really do try. Like there's a farmer's market not far from me and a lot of local um farmers like bring their products there and like even eggs and stuff like they'll bring their eggs there from their farms and i do try when i can to buy from there because i want to support my local economy and it, like it's a little more expensive honestly than going to you know publix or kroger but at the end of the day i'm like well it tastes the same and the extra money that i put in that person's pocket is going right back into our local economy so yeah. Personally, exactly. health-wise, I would trust a vegetable or something from a farmer's market over a grocery store chain because you're going to most likely have it fresh, mm -hmm. whereas I, you can be getting avocados that are from Mexico at your grocery store, but when were they picked? How long were they on the truck? How long were they dropped off at the grocery store before they were put out? So you're just going to have it fresher from a farmer's market to begin with. When you order from that imperfect produce company yes. that you love, do they claim to be organic? Do they have organic options? They have organic options. You can choose between conventional or organic. I see. And Is I usually only look at the conventional section because I don't need to spend more money on it. And one thing... You know the truth. Well, yeah. <laughs> but also, I would, I would say, because I don't want to deter anybody from... like If you believe in buying organic, do it. You're still supporting a farmer out there somewhere. I just want people to be more educated on it. And one thing that I would say is if you're buying something that you're like, you're eating the entire product, I would lean more towards organic for that than something like a lemon or orange or avocado because you're not eating the skin of it. 
that is getting any of the pesticide or herbicide or anything like that on it. So there's no point. It doesn't matter if that's organic or not. You're not ingesting it. But let's say lettuce or grapes or something like that where you're eating the whole thing. Make that choice then if you do still really want to buy organic. Would you say like if you had to rank it though, Pat, would you say that organic is less bullshit than GMO free? Yeah, I would. And (laughs) one thing I guess too, and I did mention it last month, but I'll also mention it now. Organic farmers can use GMO plants and still be considered organic. Interesting. Oh. Yes. Well, that's messed up. But it kind of goes along with it because like if you have a corn or something that is Roundup ready or something, that means it you can spray that other chemical right away and not have to worry about having to reapply or anything like that. Or ones that are certain pest resistant, you're not going to have to spray that pesticide then. So it's one less chemical going on the plant. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing all that. You're welcome. <laughs> Off my agriculture high horse for a while. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to learn more about how, like we've talked about it briefly on the show before, but it would be cool to learn more about how the economy is impacting farmers. Mm-hmm. Andrew's like, stop encouraging him, Laura. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, no. And believe it or not, he, he's not, he, he doesn't harp on this stuff in person though like i i think i've said previously he got me on full fat milk what what is there less of in the less added sugar oh. less added sugar that's so heavy they don't have to make up that taste <laughs> it's so heavy like no, the I... taste is in your mouth like i haven't had like real milk in so long but um it just you know it's like not as like liquidy if you give me a glass of milk no i can't do it like you but just in my coffee, it's perfect. Oh, fine. yeah, I can see that. Oh, and I will drink a whole big, like, 16-ounce glass of milk, like, every day. Yeah, he does, like, with dinner or, like, at night. I feel like it just reminds you of home, and that's why you do it. I also I, like I know a lot of people also, that that's are a like generational that. thing because our parents were taught, you know, around the time that we were kids that kids should be drinking a glass of milk a day for calcium reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's true. All right. So, uh, ladies, what are we talking about in After Dark today? We're going to be talking about when great TV falls flat on its face in the final season. Um, This is inspired by season eight of Game of Thrones, but we are going to be talking about other (laughs) shows where we've seen this happen. And we're also going to try and give the showrunners a little bit of credit here and talk about some of the reasons why we think writing a show that's successful from start to finish is actually really hard. And by the way, after that last episode of Game of Thrones airs, as a reminder, we will record a new breaking news where we discuss what happens. I feel like we're going to embody that energy regardless of whether we like the ending or not. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Your support keeps the show running, so we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's time now for recommendations. Pat, why don't you go first? So I want to recommend the new album by Judah and the Lion. It's called Pep Talks. Um, I actually got into them with this album because of another podcast. I had never heard of them before, but I really, really like it. Um, 
the lead singer of it had a lot going on in his life when he was making it. Um, his parents got divorced. His mom was put into rehab for being an alcoholic. Um, he's going through depression, anxiety, and he puts that all into the music and he even has a song where he includes a voicemail from his mom about her listening to the album and kind of realizing how much her alcoholism affects her children. Um, it's re- I don't really know what kind of genre to put it in because on iTunes it says like indie alternative, but I think going off of their the title of their last album, which was called, F- F- what was it? Full Cop and Roll. I think it really does kind of, every song is different and falls into a different genre. For my recommendation, I want to make an un-recommendation. So I warned you all that I could revoke this <laughs> recommendation. So I get this standing desk, and I like it. I've had one before. But guess what happens at the same time? I start getting shin splints, and I think it's from the standing desk. I, I'm not doing anything else differently. At just the past few days, I've had these really painful flare-ups, and now I'm just like, oh, my God. Do you get enough um, potassium? I have a banana every day. A real one. Are you sure? Not I think he just needs new workout shoes because it's been yeah, over a year Yeah, I was going to say, how are, how's your foot support? I guess, but why would this happen at the same exact time that I get the standing desk? It's it's a weird timing. Because if you're standing <laughs> significantly more than you did before and you don't have any support, that would make sense. You're also oh. standing barefoot at your desk, not wearing shoes, right? But if oh. you put oh, shoes on... Oh, yeah, that's big. not good for you. Yeah. I have a standing pad. <laughs> no, get some arch support in there. All right. Like the anti-fatigue okay. mats are good, but you should still have some yeah. form of shoe on. Okay. Even your boat yeah, shoes, now like I'm something like... supportive in your arch. Okay. I, oh man, more money, but all right. I'm wearing <laughs> your slippers today, Pat, to try and make it softer to walk around this apartment. But. <laughs> so on that note, I totally forgot to put a recommendation here, but I do have one. Um, Drink a glass of water between alcoholic beverages. <laughs> it makes such a difference. No, no, no. I'm I'm fine. I did this this weekend. I, I drank quite a bit. It was like a weekend long celebration, but I stayed hydrated as hell and I was fine. Like we slept late, but apart from that, I didn't really feel hungover. So, yeah, be responsible. Do what your mom and dad or at least like your college mentors always told you to do that you didn't do when you were young. Do it now. Yeah, I have heard this tip before and it does work. However, it does kill your buzz a bit, doesn't it? Because you're mixing the water with the liquor and it's not hitting you as hard. Well, I don't think that you have to drink like I wasn't drinking full like huge ass glasses. I was just having like a little small like maybe six ounces of water between drinks. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that did not impact my buzz, but it made it so that I could go longer. When you walked into the kitchen, would people be like, hey, Laura, you want another one? You're like, no, I'm here for a glass of water. <laughs> no, actually, at one point, it got pretty late and I was like, oh, I have to go take my medicine that I always take at night. And I like went into my room. I think it was like three in the morning and I like took my medicine And then I just looked at my bed and I was like, God damn, that bed looks so fucking good. (laughs) And I and I just face planted into it and went to sleep without saying goodbye to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. 
Yeah. God, does bed feel good after a night oh, of drinking. Right? I know. this. It's just part of getting old, guys. Just mm. roll with it. I guess my recommendation kind of falls in line with the <laughs> yeah, things to learn to do when you get old. Um, so I wanted to recommend, since we're coming up on summer, uh, wear sunscreen, but also like get in the habit of reapplying sunscreen, even if you're not going to the beach. It's just a good habit to get into, especially as we all start getting older, because I'm not trying to get incinerated by the sun and I'm not trying to get skin cancer. So I've been trying to be better about that. And there's like a lot of different options too, especially for your face. Even if you wear makeup, like I wear makeup most every day and um, yeah, it's possible if you do your research. So I guess specifically, I would like to recommend the Shiseido Ultimate Sun Protection Spray, broad spectrum with 50 SPF. And this is really great. It comes with a little spray bottle. You can spray it on your face um, and then you can apply powder after if you're a little oily, but it works really well and it hasn't broken up my makeup in the last two, three years that I've been rolling with a bottle day in day out sun protection does not have to be exclusive to summer mm. Ooh, so do you apply that before your makeup or after i apply it after Ooh, i okay. use a um a sunscreen moisturizer like a it's like a sunscreen and a moisturizer so that'll keep me good for two hours after i leave the house and then i take my spray sunscreen with me and i reapply every 2 hours while i'm i out. love that as a ghost i love to go to the beach still so i am a v- advocate of sunscreen every hour on the hour mhm yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm one of those weirdos who takes the spray suntan lotion and i just point it directly at my face and i just let it rip yeah <laughs> This is I that look like you an can, idiot. You but. can do this. You know, like, do you guys ever watch like, well, this is probably more for Laura, you know, like beauty tutorials on YouTube and mm-hmm. they're always like misting with setting spray. That's that's me, but with sunscreen. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Well, I'm going to have to add that to the list. Yeah. If you would like to get in touch with us, millennialshow.com is where you can find a contact form. You can also email millennialshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram. Our username is a millennial show. Facebook, it is Millennial Show, and Twitter, it is Millennial Show as well. I realized recently, I give people the URLs. Nobody's actually typing in these URLs. They're just going to the search bar of these apps and punching in our usernames. What am I thinking, old man Andy? So just find us on these social media apps with the username Millennial Show. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. Bye, everybody. See ya. Brother called me on the phone saying I'm done with it all. Safe to say I'm done with it all, too. Trying to right all these wrongs never seems so impossible. It's clear to me we're scared to hope, too. I don't know why. I don't know why. I cannot stop this feeling inside. I don't know why. I don't know why. I cannot stop this feeling inside. No matter how. I can't stop this voice in my head This voice in my head says We're gonna be alright It's a fun song Yeah, I, I was jamming out in my chair yeah. here Yeah, me Reminds me of old school um, 21 Pilots, kind of Yes, me too oh. I think that's why mm-hmm. I really like them so much Yeah What's that one song like gold that they had a little bit like, I think I'm thinking. Yeah, gold is really good. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, where he's got the ukulele in it. 
Yeah, yeah. And then they have like the gang vocals that come in, mm-hmm. kind of, or like the choral vocals. Mm-hmm. Oh, We're I on love the same page. I love it. 